want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. Have you ever taken a shortcut to avoid an undesirable situation? (laughs) Haven't we all? In the long run, you come to realize it took you much longer than if you would have just went through. Let's tune in as Pastor John brings the message, Go Through. Morning, everybody. Buenos dias, senoras y senoras. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. It is an honor to be here before you today. Praise God. Um, I'm kind of struggling right now trying to figure out which direction God wants me to go. That's okay. (laughs) I just know that there's somebody in here that needs encouraging. Somebody in here. Okay. God, God is saying that there's somebody in here, and may a few of you, that have been dealing with fear. There's a situation or circumstance that has arised in your life, not just a, a, an all-time anxiety, but there's something that's before you that it has you afraid. But God says, have I not commanded you to be of good courage, to have courage? Listen, fear is ever-present. Fear is always around. Fear will always be there. It's going to be there. Life is not void of fear, but God has given us a commandment. He says, have courage. You can't have courage when there's no fear. And if God has told you to be courageous, then there has to be fear present. But he says, don't worry, there's troubles in this world, but because he's overcome the world, you too can overcome the world because greater is he that is in you than the fear that's in this world. So God is saying today, be courageous. Don't pray that the fear leave. God has said, I've given you the strength to stand in the fear. God has given you the strength to stand in the fear. Whatever situation it is, I don't care what it is in your life. God is telling you right now, he says, look, when I died, I didn't just want to be with you anymore. I wanted to be in you. I wanted to guide you and lead you. It's why I died and sent my spirit to you so that I could live in you. I'm not just Emmanuel, God with us, but I'm also Jesus, the one that walks in you, through you, to work in you, both to will and do his good pleasure. And when he's in you, you're able to face fear. You could do it afraid. Come on, somebody. You can be afraid. Being afraid is not a sin. Not doing it is the problem. But sometimes you got to do it afraid. And when you do it afraid, that's the definition of courage. Yeah, your heart's beating. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Yes, you're walking into the unknown, but I'm going to do it anyway. With God with me, I know that all things are possible to him that believes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I I know that, you know, on that day when God casts all of Hades into hell and the judgment happens, I just hope I'm in the arena because I want to see fear get burnt up. Uh, Maybe some of y'all don't know. I don't know. Have y'all ever just woke up in the middle of the night, heart beating hard? You think you're having a heart attack. You you don't even know. You you went inside the mall or somewhere shopping, and all of a sudden, you just feel overwhelmed. You can't even finish your shopping. You got to leave the store because you don't, I just don't know what's happening to me. I got this feeling. You're sitting somewhere, and you just start crying for no reason. (laughs) 
What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I don't know what's happening to me. I, I wish I had a witness in here. I, why do I feel this way? I, look, 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 look. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Some people just won't admit it. But I do know one thing is that it's a, it's a spiritual battle that deals with your emotions and your mind. And, and, and don't think, you know, we get so spiritual that we love. we're just going to pray praise God and just exercise that demon right out of you. It's not like that sometimes, saints. You got to do the right things. And, and, and I know I'm finding out for myself, even as a pastor, that when I'm dealing with, with discouragement and, and, and depression and anxiety, a lot of times I got to look what I'm doing naturally. Stress, God didn't uh, call you to stress and worry. He created you to worship. Not worry. See, worry will kill you. Worship brings you alive. And when you worship God, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of Israel, the praises of his people. So as I'm worshiping, it's praise going up. God inhabits that praise. And when God shows up, fear has to leave. Then those tears of uh, uncertainty, those tears uh, uh, of, that are falling from your face because you don't know what's going on with you, then God says, no, 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 I'm not going to stop those tears because those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So let those tears fall, but let them fall for the right reasons. Cry because you're happy because I'm here for you. Cry because you know that I'm the savior of this world and cry because you are grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You guys turn with me to 1 Peter 5. As we read the word of God, I will read this. You guys follow along closely. Therefore, humble yourselves. I could stop right there and preach for 20, 20, 20 hours just right there. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you right away. You mean it ain't going to happen right now? Oh, great. Okay. Right. As long as you guys got that. Number seven, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the, the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Let, can I just stop right there? You ain't going through what you're going through by yourself. I need you to take a look around here. These, these 200 people that are sitting here right now, you look around. There's somebody in here going through the same thing that you're going through. So stop trying to one-up everybody every time you talk about what you're going through. Well, girl, I'm sick. Well, I'm super sick. I got a super disease. They're still trying to find out what kind of sickness I got. Number 10. But may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen, and settle you. <laughs> after you have suffered a while, huh? 
So after I suffered for a while, I could be perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Repeat it después de mí. Dios me quiere. Perfecto. Establecido. Fortificado. Y colocado. Okay, for all you English speakers out there. Repeat after me. God wants me. Perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Yes. God wants me perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Alguna vez has oído hablar de la frase going through. Have you ever heard of the, the, the statement, the, the phrase going through? You guys know, like, you know, I see people like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm just going through. Praise God, I'm going through. If you've been in church 10 minutes, I bet you today if you ask somebody how they was doing, they said, I'm just going through. Usually when we use this term, we like to describe a moment in time or a season of our life that is generally hard and undesirable. Usamos este término para describir tiempos en nuestras vidas que son difíciles y indeseables. And if we're honest, you would agree, instead of uh, going through, most of us would rather go around. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So let's think about it. When you come to an obstacle, what do you usually say? Let's go around. Come on. Cuando hay mucho tráfico frente a ti, ¿qué dices? Evitarlo. Avoid it. When we see a bunch of traffic in front of us, what do we do? We want to go around it. We're trying to avoid traffic. On your GPS, if it's red on the freeway, you try to find an alternate route. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> but have you ever tried to go around something and took longer to get to your destination? Alguna vez ha intentado invitar en tráfico y tardó más tiempo en encontrar su destino. Then you say to yourself, debería de haber espado. I should have just waited. I should have just gone through. Y'all ever been there? You take the shortcut and it takes longer? Let's look at this word go around. The word go around. First of all, I'm going to get deep on you. I'm going to break the word go around down. The word go and go around, it means to go. You guys remember what this means? It's a pastor hand. It's the spirit hand. That means focus. The word around means to circle or circumference. A circle or circumference. When we are faced with hardships, obstacles, and trials, we want to go around them to avoid them. But eventually, we will circle back around to the same issue, to the same circumstance, and to the same situation. It becomes a repetitive cycle that you go around and around and around like a merry-go-round. The difference is merry-go-rounds were meant to be fun. But some of us right now, older, that some of us that are a little bit up, up there, hallelujah, get on a merry-go-round right now. Can't take it, can you? 
funny how the younger people can do it. Message. See, the older we get, we ain't got time to get on a merry-go-round. See, the kids can do it. They got bounce back. They got get back. But as, as we tend to get to our twilight years, those rides tend to make me sick. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Young folks like, what are you talking about? I love, I love riding. No. When I get older, I'm tired of getting on things that go up and go down and go up. I'd rather stay on a steady trail. Take kids to Disneyland, I watch them ride. Praise God. I have a good time watching them go up and down. <laughs> Pat they back when they get sick. It'll be okay. Let me hold your hair. Hold your hair. Throw up, yeah. Get that off right there. Right there. <laughs> God doesn't want you to circumvent your circumstance. Somebody say, you got to go through. No, you didn't even say it with attitude. You got to say it with attitude. Say, you got to go through. Oh, Tienes que pasar Not pasaport. Pasar por. Pero porque no pasamos por. Porque tenemos prisa por llegar a nuestros destino. Why don't we go through? Because we are in a hurry to get to our destination. Lo queremos ahora. We want it now. So we want to rush the process. Queremos acelerar el proceso. This means especially, or this is especially true when it comes to reaping what we sown. Especialmente cuando se trata de cosechar lo que hemos sembrada. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Don't be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap whatever you sow is gonna grow amen let me help you out it's easy to sow stuff it's a lot harder to reap it when we make bad mistakes or bad decisions or choices we have to go through the outcome or results of our bad decisions and choices we have to if not we're gonna we're gonna say that god's word isn't true if we avoid what we've done, I mean, the consequences of what we've done, we're basically saying that God's a lie. He said, don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself and don't mock God. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. A lot of people don't like that scripture. We always want to think that something bad is happening to us because of somebody else. You know, Adam did it. When Adam messed up, what did he say? This woman you gave me. God said, I'm going to fix that. That's the last time I'm going to give a man a woman. That's why he said a man that findeth a wife. Yeah, there you go. See, y'all didn't know about that. Then, huh? Yeah, he gave one man, one wife, and he complained. And God said, I'm done. You'll never blame me for the woman you marry. You go find her. <laughs> God is good. When we make these bad decisions and choices, we have to go through. 
If we don't go through, if we try to go around, if we try to circumvent our circumstance, we are destined to repeat those bad choices and bad decisions over and over again. Si no pasamos, repite, ramos nuestras malas elecciones y decisiones. Let me pause for a second right here and back up. I have to say this to you guys. Christians have superpowers. But we're not superheroes. Christians have superpowers. But we are not superheroes. Hallelujah. You're like, what do you mean? I don't understand. This is what it is. Why do we always throw on a cape every time we hear about a brother or sister's in trouble? We come flying to the rescue trying to help them. When we don't sit back and have some type of discernment, knowing that maybe they're just reaping what they've sown. But we think and we fooled ourselves to thinking, well, we're, we're Christian. We're supposed to help those that can't help themselves. Well, they probably can't help themselves because they haven't tried to help themselves. They can't help themselves because everybody else is always helping them. Some of y'all got cousins that are always coming around, brothers and sisters, that ain't had a job ever. Or even worse, they've had 50 jobs. If a person had 50 jobs, there's something wrong. Look, not too many people are laughing. I, hopefully, I'm not talking about you. But if I am, receive ye the Lord. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You had 50 jobs at the age of 20. That just tells me you're not dependable. Well, I'm trying to get myself together. No, you're not. You're not staying with it. But we, with superpowers, because we're blessed, we, well, God called us to be a blessing because we're blessed. Yes, but he wants you to use discernment. Sometimes when we help people that have reaped, and they, I mean, they've sown bad seed, and they're reaping what they've sown, and we try to go in and change the principle of God, God's going to turn around and cut our arms off to keep so that his word won't return back to him void. Did you catch that? God said, I'm not going to be mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if you try to stop this principle from happening, I'm going to cut your arms off too. Let them go through. See, this is a hard one. This is a hard one. Because I know we got kids. I just hate to see them struggling. Then how are they going to get strength? Yes, this is deep. I know it's hard, it, and it's hard for a parent to see their kids going through it. It's hard. You know, it was hard when I watched my son and my daughter-in-law have their baby and, and the stuff they were going through, but I was fighting and fighting because I was like, you know what? They have to deal with this themselves. Parents, just, just one thing I'm learning is that, I, okay, I have four children. I got experience. My son has one child. He doesn't have experience. But if I step in and stop him from gaining experience, he'll never know how to raise a child for himself. I got about five claps. Is this like parents, you, you need to understand, yes, we love the grandchildren. We love them to death. But you got to let them stay up all night. You got to let them go through. You got to let them struggle to let them show up to the house with sleeping eyes, slobber on their face, smelling like they ain't took a shower for five days. My, my, my kids haven't done that. 
but he be looking tired. He look, he look. Him and Erica showing up to the house, they just be tired, like, here. Gladly. Listen, you guys. Incluso Jesus no permite y nos anima a pasapor, or to go through. There are times in our lives that Jesus gives us the opportunities for us to go through. He gives us an opportunity to go through. Why? I'm glad you guys asked. Thank you for asking. Yes, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, and I shall tell you why. After you have suffered a while. God wants me to suffer? After you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthen you and settle you. See, there's some things that God is trying to work uh, out of you so he can work something into you. Dios está trabajando en ti para que puede trabajar dentro de ti. Watch this. You guys know who the children of Israel are? You know who they are? Okay, if you don't, you guys need to start coming to Bible study or reading your Bible or something. Okay, so the children of Israel, which actually aren't just Old Testament, they're still around. When the children of Israel were set free out of bondage, out of land of Egypt, God gave them a promise. How many people have gotten promises from God? Now, come on. Now, that promise to them was this, that he would lead them into the land of milk and honey. But before they got to their destination, God had to take them through a few things to work something into them to, and to get something out of them. See, first they had to go to the Red Sea. If you guys remember, after all the miracles, they were taken to the Red Sea and they stopped at the Red Sea. It's an obstacle. It was the traffic jam. But this traffic jam, they couldn't get around because the enemy was right behind them. So when the enemy was right behind them, God miraculously did a miracle. He parted the Red Sea and they went across the Red Sea. This obstacle the enemy used to stop uh, God's people, it was meant to destroy them, but God used it to build their faith. Watch this, because it's really weird. You get to that place where all of a sudden you get to the Red Sea, and God says, lift up your hands, and you open it up. They part the Red Sea. They cross on dry land, and the people that were chasing them were destroyed in the Red Sea. Now, that happened immediately, but then once they get into the desert, they're in the desert for how long? 40 years. And you thought waiting on your husband for five years was a long time. You thought waiting on a new job for two years is a long time. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all been waiting to buy a house for 12 years, and you thought this. Let's try 40. Homeless for 40 years. But it was, it was funny because God, what God did is he, you know, some of you guys understand. Some of you guys have had those Red Sea experiences where God immediately does something to build your faith. Like he gave you the job, but you didn't have the degree or the qualifications. Red Sea. He parted the Red Sea to get you into the to the to the, de the desert land, the wilderness. See, God would started that business before you even had any customers or product. See, God starts those things for you. He, he immediately does that. Why did he do that to the children of Israel? Because what he said is, I'm going to do something for them immediately, quickly, so that I can give them a little bit of faith. Because it only takes a little bit of faith, the size of a mustard seed that I'm going to use once they get that. I'm going to plant faith in them the size of a mustard seed because it's going to take that much faith for them to wait 40 years and go through. Did I say go through? Go through the wilderness. 
And most of us have already had these experiences. A lot of us get these miraculous and quick, easy escapes through the Red Sea. But what are we doing with our wilderness experiences? There's so much that's going on in our wilderness. You may have been surviving from day to day financially and materially. You may be waiting for your healing to manifest. It's, it's a totally unpleasant to your flesh. And instead of prosperity, we're in our trials and different pressures keep hitting us. Your peace is being assaulted from every side and, and negative emotions and thoughts. They keep coming back and you're trying to resist all these negative thoughts and stuff. During your wilderness experience, the familiar comforts of the world will not be there for you during your wilderness experience. You don't get to eat because if you remember, you know, they they went to the wilderness and all they had to eat was manna. And some of y'all are sitting here thinking God has brought you to a new place and you're still looking back at Egypt. The place you was in bondage. God has saved me. He's delivered me. But I sure miss dancing and partying. With Even worse. Muchos de nosotros hacemos nuestras casas en el desierto en lugar de construir carpas, construimos casas. A lot of us make our homes in the wilderness. Instead of pinching tents, we build houses. There's a reason why they call the tabernacle in the wilderness the tent of meeting. The tent is a temporary dwelling place. A lot of us have made houses in the wilderness because we get comfortable in our situation. You guys know that God gave us a promise to move us, and you heard Donald say it earlier, faith to faith, strength to strength. There comes a time that you're in one faith, the Red Sea faith, and then God says, now that you've been in the Red Sea faith, I'm going to move you to another faith, and that faith is the promised land, but in between the Red Sea and the promised land, there's a two. And in that two, you have to go through the two to get to the next faith. A lot of us are making homes in the two. A lot of us are getting used to, so used to being in the wilderness experience, instead of pitching a tent. Do you guys realize that people don't live in tents? Tents are a temporary place. Tents are just so I can go camping. I'm only going to be here for a few days. And see, the children of Israel were pitching tents. They had tents so that when the, the, the move of God, when the pillar of God began to move, they were able to up and get everything in a moment's notice because sometimes the move of God is, is quick and you got to be on your toes to follow where God's going. I live in a house right now. If, if the presence of God leaves, I can't pack up my whole house. I mean, I can pack up what's in the house, but I can't take my dwelling place with me. So God says, stop making your home in the wilderness. You weren't designed and you weren't made to live in the two. Some of us are stuck in our wilderness experiences because we traded our tents for houses. Going through means not building houses in the wilderness. You're pitching tents so that when the cloud and fire moves, nothing is holding you on to where you're at. When God's presence moves, you got to move with it. Whatever you're going through right now, wherever you're at, because there's some of us right now in our wilderness experiences, we're on our way to those promises, those things that God has promised us, whether it be a husband or a, a wife, whether it be a job, whether it's getting out of debt, whatever it is, God says, listen, don't get used to where you're at because I'm trying to get the promise. I'm trying to get you to the promise that I've given you, but you've done built a house where you're at. Do you know that people that go to prison, they do, look, they're, they're sowing, they reap, they, they're going to sow, they go to prison. 
you get a prison sentence. Watch this. A prison sentence. You know you're going to be in jail for 10 years. But what ends up happening is they become their environment while they're in prison. So that when they're free, they still have the prison mentality. They're stuck in the two. But even though they are out of prison, even though they are free, they're not free. And see, that's what happens just because they made their dwelling place prison. And they'd rather stay in the two than get back to the next level of faith or strength. Watch this. Don't invest your strength in places you were only supposed to pass through. Don't invest your strength in places you were only supposed to pass through. You guys, you're in situations right now, you're investing too much of your time, too much of your prayer, too much of your money in a place that God says you're just passing through. You're making, you are making permanent decisions in, in, in temporary situations. You know, if, I'm just going to tell you something, honestly. Just listen. This, this just hit me. If you're believing God for a house, you live in an apartment or you're, you're renting, stop buying all kinds of brand new stuff to put in your temporary situation. You hear me? Because you don't own it. The other day I fixed my sink. Me and, me and Papa fixed our sink. And I was upset because I'm like, man, there's things in my house that are breaking. And I was upset because the things are falling apart. But after I got done, we got done doing it together. I sat back and I go, that's my sink. <laughs> and matter of fact, I'm going to go out and cut my lawn <laughs> with my lawnmower. But see, you're investing in something that's not yours. You're, 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 you're making a house when you're just in a tent. If you, if, I'm telling you, if, you, if you're satisfied where you at, praise God. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you. But if the dream that God has given you, if the vision that God has given you is to own a house one day, stop putting all this new stuff into your apartment or into a rented place. Save that money and invest for the future. By the way, it isn't too late for you guys to join financial peace. Please, it's happening. Yes. Yes. Wednesday nights right here. $100 investment for your future. Watch this, Psalms 23. You guys heard this? Yea, though I walk through the valley of death. Yea, though I walk through. Walk through. Do you guys realize that a valley lies between two mountaintops? Who loves a mountaintop experience? I love a mountaintop experience. But the problem is every time you get to one mountaintop, you look off and see one higher and God says, I allowed you to see something higher because I'm going to take you from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop. I'm going to take you from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And as you see a higher strength, you're going to have to come down off that mountain, go through the valley and then go on to the next place. But in the valley, he says, yea, though I walk through, you notice he didn't pitch a tent. He didn't even, he didn't even build a house. He says, I'm walking through. Sorry, just passing through. You guys know what I'm talking about. When you go by and visit people, they're like, hey, just stay the night. No, no, just passing through. <laughs> ain't trying to stay. <laughs> okay, maybe he ain't got relatives like that. <laughs> First Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning these fiery trials which, uh, 
try to come to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoicing as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Uh, can I stop? Let me go back to 12. Beloved, think it not strange that, that these fiery trials come to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Say to God, let me give you something very quickly that I need you to do. When we read earlier, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Do you realize that, you know, have you ever gone, why is, is, is my, like with the business, why are things attacking my business? Why are things attacking my marriage? What is attacking my finance? You ever been in that place? Anybody? Okay, I need, I need you with me when I'm saying this. I, I, you, there's just an attack, and it says, don't think that's strange, but there's something you have to do so you can find out where it comes from so you know the direction that you need to pray. So what happens is, okay, something's attacking my marriage, so what you need to do is step back and say, okay, something's attacking my marriage. Okay, um, um, maybe me and my wife ain't getting along because uh, I haven't taken her out in a while. I don't even pay attention to her. I don't even talk to her. Um, I don't I don't do this. I don't invest in our marriage, but things ain't working well. So if you notice that you're just reaping what you sown. But if you say, man, what's going on between me and my wife? What's going on in my business? What's going on with, with my finances? And you go, man, look, I'm tithing. I'm giving. I'm sowing, I'm doing everything, but yet it still seems like my finances are under attack. When you step back and go, God, I, I give to you, I bless people, I, I, I serve, I do all this in my church, my finances are being attacked, then now you know that God is just preparing you for something greater. You guys didn't even catch that because if you're doing everything, that's why Peter said, don't think it's strange that some fiery trials come to try you. That's what I'm telling. See, you guys don't. Uh, we're, ooh, he, he ain't in here. I just want to prophesy to him real quick. Where is he? Where is he? Dang it, Tony. He can listen to recording. Tony. Tony gonna sit down. Tony is, has every qualification to get any job he wants to. It, he just has qualifications, and I just hear the Lord saying that He's preparing him for much greater. See, He's the kind of man that can sit back and go, "God, I serve. God, I give. God, I've sacrificed. God, I've been through everything. Why are these trials hitting me?" And God's saying, "I'm just preparing you for greater. I'm getting your character together so that you can handle what I'm about to lay in your lap. Not just you, but your wife, your family, everybody around you. I'm preparing." you for greater praise God so we can't be concerned so so when we see this if we're reaping what we saw and we just say God it, it, it's my fault I see what I was doing wrong I pray and you repent of what you're doing and you start making a change but if you know you're doing everything that you're supposed to do then that would then you realize that God is just preparing you for greater see God wants you to go through so that he can uh, make you perfect establish strengthen and settle if we keep going around the same trials and suffering the same things, the promise of God will crush us. What do I mean by that? It says 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, a light affliction, is for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. You know, saints, I just wanted, I just wanted to say this about this. I, God keeps to just, just really, I want to share something with you. A light affliction. This is why we got to go through. You know, so many of us are looking to get out of something like this. I, we're trying to get in shape by taking a pill. We're looking for the quickest way to get in shape, to lose weight, and to do all this stuff. Can I get an amen? amen? 
Yes, let's just be honest with ourselves. This is, this is church. We're going we're gonna to get it out. We're looking for a quick way. But you know, it says a light affliction. It's, it's just but for a moment. What this saying is during your affliction, it's changing who you are, how you see things. But we do all this different stuff. If we do the quick way out, we are destined to go back to the same thing that was, we were suffering from. Now, I'm telling you, working out, when you're working out and you're struggling, if you guys in here ever work out, you're working out and you're struggling. But as soon as the workout's over, you're like, man, I feel pretty good. I made it through. Come on. Can I just encourage you guys? You know, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, what it says, for the joy that was set before him. So looking on to Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. See, he kept his eyes on the results and not the struggle. So when you don't feel like going to do something, if you don't feel like praying, if you don't feel like giving, you don't feel like doing what God says do, don't look at what's happening now. I need you to look at what's before you. <sighs> Saints of God, if you can't go through the weight of suffering, you can't handle the weight of glory. If you can't go through the weight of suffering, you can't handle the weight of glory. You got to go through. There is a glory from God that he desires to put on your life, but you got to go through some stuff to make your character strong enough to handle that glory. There's a guy named Joseph that's in the Bible. You guys know who Joseph is? Oh, okay. We got some Bible readers in this house. Joseph had to go through the pit before he got to the palace. The apostle Paul, who was the chief of all apostles, the greatest apostle, wrote most of the New Testament. He was beaten five times with whips, three times with rods, lost at sea, shipwrecked, snake bit, thrown into prison. And after all that, he was able to say this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day. Why was he able to say that? Because he went through. We have to go through whatever is before us and stop trying to avoid every situation and every obstacle that comes our way. Tienes que pasar para recibir lo que en el Señor tiene para ti. James chapter 1 says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come our way, consider them opportunities. For great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I don't know about you, but I want to be in a state where I don't need nothing. Even more, I, don't, I want to be in a state where I don't want nothing. As, as I close, I want to be like David when David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want what do you think that meant you know what he's saying god is my shepherd he takes care of me i am content where i'm at so when trials and obstacles seem to be in our way don't go around go through sin atajos no hay atajos tienes que pasar por dios te quiere perfecta y estable Estable, fortificada, y colocado. 
perfecta. Todo entero, total, intacto, nada falta, nada roto. God wants us perfect, complete, total, intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. Estable. No se de doble animo en su fe. Not being double-minded in our faith. That's why he's moving us from faith to faith. Fortificada tu fuerza bien en tus luchas. Your strength comes from your struggle. I don't know. Is anybody in here struggling? Well, you're gaining strength. No struggle, no strength. No problems, no power. Woo. Colocado. God wants us planted in his church. He wants us established, settled in church. Tienes que conectarte. You have to get connected. You can't just come to church on Sunday and then go home all week and think that you're going to gain the power that you need. God created his church. It's his body. You know, he says, for in him we live, we move, and have our being. How? See, Christ is in us, but how are we in Christ? We're in Christ through baptism, but we're also in Christ through being in his body. He's in our body so we could be in his body. You guys with me? We look at church as a place that we just go to, raise our hands, get a good word, cry, say hi, and leave. That's not what it is. God created his body to be functioning. He says, look, I'm, I'm going to be in you, but I want you to return the favor. I give my life for you, but I want you to return the favor. So I've given you my body for you to be a part of. Come into my body the same way I've come into you. Get connected. Go to a church where there's a place for you to serve. Start going. And listen, church ain't all about what happens here. You hear our motto is, you are the church. But you're not the church by yourself. We have to be, look, look, my arm by itself isn't a body. It's a part of the body. In order for it to function, it has to be connected to the rest of my body, to the head, so the head can tell the arm what to do. Christ is the head of the church. The body is the church, and we are connected to the church. God, the head, will tell us what to do. Apart from the body, there's no fruit. He is the true vine. And in order for us to bear fruit, we have to be a part of that vine. The body of Christ. And it says in the Bible, any branch that beareth not fruit, he will cut off and throw into the fire. I don't want that to be me. If you're by yourself, you're not attached to a church. And I'm not talking about just membership. I'm talking about a real relevant relationship with the church. Serving, connected. You know, your life belongs to the church. Listen, you're not bearing fruit. And the fruit that you bear is false fruit. Nobody can eat of that fruit. So saints, Ephesians chapter 2 says this. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. 
God is telling you today, go through. Whatever situation you're in right now, God is calling you. Don't, don't, don't make a house where you're at right now. I got greater for you. I'm trying to move you from faith to faith. That too, like Donald said, is through obedience. T-O, through obedience. The obedience is I'm following, I'm listening, I'm doing what the Lord tells me to get me to that next place, to get me to that land of milk and honey. I'm going to go through. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.